0: does manual treasury management and operations have your crypto business stuck in the slow lane scale up and speed ahead with fireblocks the number one platform for crypto operations and trading pros that makes custody settlement and rebalancing quick and easy visit fireblocks.com to learn more this episode is brought to you by Coinbase Prime, an integrated solution that provides institutional investors with an advanced trading platform, secure custody and prime services to manage all of their crypto assets in one place. Futuristic companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy have used Coinbase's comprehensive investing platform to execute some of the largest trades in the industry. Learn more by visiting Coinbase.com prime to get started today. Eager to make more informed decisions around crypto using data you can trust? Chainalysis demystifies cryptocurrency by providing industry-leading compliance, market intelligence, and investigation support for all crypto assets for organizations like Gemini, Crypto.com, and BlockFi. Maximize your potential with the leading blockchain data platform by visiting Chainalysis.com now.
1: Congress turned its attention to crypto this month, holding hearings in both the House and the Senate on a single facet of the industry, stablecoins. Both chambers examined a report out of the Treasury that pointed out systemic risks related to dollar-pegged tokens. That report made it clear, the Treasury wants Congress to act. Now, Congress is hashing out how it's going to set rules of the road for issuers of stablecoins. To take a closer look at the Treasury's findings, it questioned Nellie Liang, the Treasury's Undersecretary for Domestic Finance, and lead on the Stablecoin report. I sat down with the Block's senior policy reporter, Colin Post, to chat about what went down on the Hill. Thanks so much for being here, Colin.
2: Absolutely, Ashlyn.
1: So we just saw hearings in both the House and the Senate on stablecoins. Why are stablecoins on Congress's mind right now as opposed to any other of the many crypto issues?
2: Well, I mean all the other crypto issues are also on Congress's mind. It seems that a stable coins I mean they are part of um, they're part of the treasury's priorities but also they are kind of a key link between the traditional financial system and the more extravagant uh, you know decentralized financial systems that you know Congress does not really have a great grip on quite yet whereas stable coins more resemble traditional products and they have third parties, um, for whom Congress is trying to like set up a new system.
1: And the Treasury is sort of pushing this issue to Congress, correct? Both hearings focus on a report out of the president's working group. Um, can you take us through why that report matters so much and and what kind of pressure is the Treasury putting on Congress right now?
2: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, so I guess a couple of critical figures from the Treasury here. So there is Secretary Yellen, who is one of the first people to get confirmed into Biden's cabinet. Um very big player. But then there is also uh, the undersecretary for domestic finance. And that is Nellie Liang. And she was actually the witness at both of those hearings. And she was the only witness. So Liang was uh, actually confirmed and um, sworn in in July, which is the same time frame that uh, Yellen announced that this was going to be a priority. And then it was only a few months later, at the beginning of November, that the Treasury actually put out this report. So the this is clearly you know a critical element of what they're doing with domestic finance I mean it's the most public exposure that Lang has had since she actually you know uh, took the post
1: And when that report initially came out, what was in it you know for somebody who maybe wasn't tracking the development at the time what did that report say
2: mm-hmm. report said a lot of things it went through um I it did avoid naming specific firms and specific stablecoin issuers, but it uh it was basically breaking down a couple of the issues where there is a really wide range of how they report the reserves, what sort of, you know, third party checks, what sort of, you know, government oversight there are on these reserves. And there there's this huge fear of redemption risk, which is that, you know, you could have a run on any one of these stablecoin issuers and people who are holding these stable coins who are under the impression that they could actually get dollars You know, these are all they're all talking about dollar backed stable coins so nobody was actually really addressing like gold backed stable coins or you know other currencies uh, primarily it was just dollars but the idea is like redemption risk is you think you have you know in the form of any one of these dollar backed stable coins you think you then can redeem it for that equal number of dollars but in the event of a run you could suddenly just be left holding these tokens that you know their value was never actually backed so Central to what they were doing was a kind of presenting this problem, and the the only the primary policy push that they actually uh, you know mentioned in this president's working group report was trying to uh, restrict stablecoin issuance to insured depository institutions, which is huge, radical shift uh, from what is currently happening. Um, so currently. You know, you have all of these big stablecoin operators, I, I think they were actually trying to take into account about, uh, I think Liang said something like 50 or 60 was what they were looking at. But there are really, uh, there are really six major dollar backed stablecoins. Uh, and with these issuers, they are reporting to radically different people. Some of them have audits. Some of them have, you know, attestations. Uh, kind of the most reputable seem to be based in New York. And then they're answering to the New York Department of Financial Services, they have uh, bit licenses, or they are operated as trusts, which involve a little bit more oversight. Um, And so those are different systems, but there's nothing federal at this point.
1: So what is the report actually pushing Congress to do? What requirements does the Treasury want for stablecoin issuers?
2: So the IDI, the insured depository institution requirement, that would, you know, that would at a federal layer, that would be a, quite a lot of scrutiny. And basically none of the stable coins have this licensing as of yet. So what people are worried about is that that IDI push would then also restrict issuance to existing banks. Like insured depository institutions, it's a phrase that comes out in the, you know, the Federal Deposit Insurance Act, and it is effectively existing federally licensed banks. They have FDIC insurance, the idea is then you, forego redemption risk because these things are already backed by this sort of insurance. The the report wanted Congress to put out legislation that made that into law, like that IDI requirement into law. And then within the report, it also mentions, okay, if this doesn't become law, then the Financial Stability Oversight Council might step in. They might designate stablecoins a... um, systemic risk is the term so if you designate these things as systemic risk then the fsoc financial stability oversight council then has to has a lot of authority a lot of emergency authorities and it really it it is less accountable in congress so everybody kind of wants legislation to come out there is a lot of back and forth about what specific legislation uh is actually going to make it
0: having trouble keeping pace with the crypto boom when your business is scaling up and your portfolio is growing, you don't want to waste precious time on manual treasury management or settling and rebalancing. Fireblocks can handle that for you with smart, scalable solutions for your crypto business, along with industry leading security and expertise. They'll take care of the back end so you can focus on the big picture. Visit Fireblocks.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Coinbase Prime an integrated solution that provides institutional investors with an advanced trading platform, secure custody, and Prime services to manage all their crypto assets in one place. Coinbase Prime fully integrates crypto trading and custody on a single platform and gives clients the best all-in pricing in their network using their proprietary smart order router and algorithmic execution. Futuristic companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy have already used Coinbase's comprehensive investing platform to execute some of the largest trades in the industry. Build a unified investment portfolio with one of the most trusted names in crypto. Learn more by visiting coinbase.com/prime to get started today. Are you eager to make more informed decisions around crypto using data you can trust? Chainalysis is here to help. Chainalysis demystifies cryptocurrency by providing industry-leading compliance, market intelligence, and investigation support for all crypto assets for organizations like Gemini, Crypto.com, and BlockFi. Gain unparalleled visibility and maximize your potential with the leading blockchain data platform by visiting Chainalysis.com now.
1: Right. So these hearings are sort of the start of that conversation about what type of legislation Congress might create, correct?
2: hmm There have been a lot of ideas floating around in advance of these hearings, particularly. Once the initial report dropped in November, there was a lot of talk. There was only one bill, I think, that really addressed the stablecoin issue before, and that was from Don Bayer. Uh, that actually addresses stablecoins, but it's a really wide-ranging bill. It seems to be much more of a conversation piece than actually going to make it into law. Currently... There was a there's another bill coming from Godheimer that basically uh it's a draft right now and it basically enshrines a lot of the provisions of the you know the PWG report, namely this whole insured depository institution requirement. Uh, but that has not actually been formally introduced. And then there is also a set of principles rather than an actual legislation, but a set of principles that Pat Toomey, who is the ranking member, he's a Republican on the Senate Banking Committee, released. And basically the dispute comes down to the idea of how much you can subdivide different classes of stablecoin issuers. You know, the one size fits all approach, this is a, a pretty common buzzword, especially among Republicans who are hostile to this idea that everybody needs to register as the same sort of entity to become a stablecoin issuer. The one size fits all approach, um, that's what people call the, the IDI requirement. Toomey's sort of idea is that you can. You can isolate things that are acting like banks, right? The idea that something is issuing dollar backed tokens, but those dollars in question are actually like investments in say, you know, commercial paper, um, that becomes a less stable investment. So that is, that's a lot more redemption risk. So then suddenly that resembles a bank. So you actually need FDIC insurance. Uh, whereas something that is actually backed by just cash, they're saying that's a whole different regime. If you can just prove those reserves are there in cash at any time, that seems like that's operating in a whole different uh, risk framework. So that's part of the split on current thinking. But again, nothing nothing's even really been introduced that seems like it's going to become the plan.
1: Right. So that's the conversation on each side of the aisle. But what did Liang herself have to say about Congress's responsibility to act in this report?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Uh, so she, I mean, she is a representative for the austere United States Department of Treasury. Uh, she was trying to be very official and maintain the line that was established in the report, right? The, the insured depository institutions, she is trying to get that legislation passed into law. Uh, She's trying to you know encourage them to see that as the right way. What was really interesting is that she was trying to present that framework as more flexible than everybody has kind of seen it as, right? So saying that... Saying that, in in fact, you might not need the same degree of oversight uh, within the insured depository institution framework. You might not need the same in, uh, the same degree of oversight. She even had a line before the Senate Banking Committee that some of these uh, entities might not even need FDIC insurance, which is kind of wild relative to that definition of insured depository institution. I don't think it's totally clear what she meant there. Uh, so she's trying to present that framework that they, you know, that the Treasury, that the PWG put to get put forward in this initial report. She's trying to present that as flexible enough to accommodate what uh, you know, Republicans seem to be thinking. Um, same time, uh, a lot of those folks are not buying it. And it's actually not that much of a not as partisan as a lot of crypto issues have been historically, partially because a lot of, you know, a lot of folks on the left are perceiving the IDI institution as favoring traditional financial institutions, which they are also not big fans of.
1: Right, so so where does all this leave us? Um, you know, we have a couple pieces of of legislation and even just some ideas in the works, and we've had these hearings. Where are we on the issue now? Um, and is there anything that we can look to going forward?
2: So definitely, maybe something could happen. the <laughs> the The issue here is that you know you have these tentative pieces of legislation uh, floating out there uh, again. Nothing introduced. Um, nobody is really sure what you know the, the party line is going to be, and at the same time, you're seeing you know everybody is anticipating everybody's anticipating kind of a, a significant shift uh, come midterms. So, I mean, at least the Senate is expected to flip Republican. I think the House is as well. I haven't looked at the polls lately, but that's only in November. Crypto legislation has been really slow to get passed either house and basically nothing outside of these giant omnibus bills like the infrastructure bill has made it anywhere so the you know the idea that you're going to be able to pass like proper stablecoin, a cohesive framework in congress is i don't know there's definitely um there's definitely kind of a finish line before the entire lineup changes uh at the same time That is part of what the PWG report was saying is that if Congress doesn't act, FSOC does have the authority to act or FSOC can designate this, you know, this whole stablecoin ecosystem as being a systemically, a systemically risky enterprise. So then FSOC has the authority to take things into their own hands, which it doesn't even sound like FSOC wants to do. Nobody really wants that situation, but it does seem to be just kind of this, uh, it's just political pressure.
1: Thanks, Colin. So there you have it. Congress will continue to turn over how best to regulate stablecoins with the looming threat of FSOC intervention if it fails to act. Given midterms, it's unclear how current ideas on the table, none of which have gained meaningful traction yet, might move forward. But rest assured, we'll keep you up to date with our policy coverage at The Block. Keep an eye out for future Policy Scoop updates, and follow me at The Block at Ashlyn Keeley to see how it unfolds.